This morning, we're, uh, we've had the incredible joy of hearing Emily's testimony and uh, then watching her baptism as she walked through in obedience to Christ's command to be baptized. And in fact, uh, Pastor Gary and I were just mentioning the other day, we were chatting, and uh, we, were, we remarked that, you know, this is, this is our fifth baptism this year, and for churches going through this period of time and in this vicinity of COVID and everything, we thought that was quite remarkable, at least here in North America, Canada, in the world we're living in. But God is at work in many, many parts of the world. And in, in those parts, we are so glad to hear that he is doing great and awesome things. We're, we're very glad that Pastor Vidya Naramala and his wife Gwen worship with us. And as some of you know, uh, Vidya is involved with the Vision Thailand. And recently they made a trip to the east. And he's going to come and share a little bit of what God has been doing through Vision Thailand. Thank you, Paul. How many of you actually know that uh, Stanley Park Baptist Church, as a church, that we actually, for the last couple of years, have been supporting the mission in Thailand? That many? Well, now you all know, for the last couple of years, we have been supporting two small rural churches in northern Thailand with uh, part of our uh, mission's budget. And uh, this morning, I want to share with you a little bit of uh, uh, the work that is going on there. And uh, primarily to give you uh, as a report, uh, Pastor Gary had asked me to, and want to thank him and, and the leadership for this opportunity to give you a, a brief update. Um, I, it won't be two sermons, because sometimes when pastors uh, have a mic, uh, you know, they tend to uh, go on and on. And uh, I will try to uh, keep it brief and uh, to the point. And if you have any questions that uh, you have, uh, please uh, do speak to me uh, or my wife Gwen uh, after the service. Uh, we just came back, as Paul said, after six weeks of uh, being in Thailand and India and witnessing, actually after the first time after COVID, and uh, to see uh, only to come back, uh, I must uh, confess uh, somewhat ashamed of uh, the way that they have looked at COVID, even though the devastation has been great. Uh, it has never been a political thing in Thailand or India. And as a result, even though there was a brief time of shutdowns for the churches, they have continued to uh, worship outside under the trees, under the sheds, and continue to share the gospel of good news, and many, many were baptized. And that's what was exciting this morning for me to be sharing, because it's an important life, uh, important day in the life of Emily this morning, uh, to be making this uh, amazing uh, testimony, and then a new start to her life in Christ Jesus, and Believe it or not, that simple act of public testimony is actually shaking the boots of many, many uh, leaders, government leaders, especially around the world. And yet, people are coming forward by the power of the gospel and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read a couple of uh, verses. 
from Romans chapter 10. We all know Matthew text, uh, so I'm not going to read that. Romans chapter 10, and uh, two verses, 14 and 15. Uh, Throughout uh, church's missions history, we have used uh, these two texts as uh, a strong motivational factor uh, in uh, many, many churches. Uh, At one point, both uh, evangelical and not-so-evangelical churches And uh, sadly, it is uh, only within the evangelical church life uh, in North America that uh, these verses continue to hold strong. Romans chapter 10, 14 to 15. How, then, can they call on on the one they have not believed in? Obviously, speaking of Jesus Christ. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Very lawyer-like argument that the Apostle Paul is making. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Very powerful four questions that are before the church every day. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This uh, idea of uh, missions has been so strong within the Western uh, Christian church for centuries that uh, at one time in India, did you know that we used to have white Christmas all the time? You don't? My mom and dad used to say that uh, around Christmas time, at Christmas services, Advent services, there were so many white missionaries in India at one time. It was almost like white Christmas. (laughs) I know, lame joke, but thank you for laughing, so. It's a privilege for us to be involved in this mission. Uh, It's a young mission, Vision Thailand Canada, started uh, after the tsunami of 2004 Christmas Day. I don't know, I'm sure many of you remember that. Shortly after that, a few individuals uh, from the churches in uh, Niagara region uh, had wanted to go and help, not start churches. So they raised some funds and uh, went to Thailand Uh, and helped in the rebuilding efforts in Thailand. During this time, they met up with a few pastors who were also working in the rebuilding efforts. These pastors were Thai. And out of these conversations, the idea of Vision Thailand Canada was born. If you look at the map there, uh, it's... uh, Number of Southeast Asian countries that you see, Myanmar, uh, as many of us know as uh, Burma, Laos, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore, and there's a couple of other countries that are known as the 
ASEAN nations. Uh, several years ago, they have formed an economic uh, block for the sake of business, to do business with each other's uh, nation. And uh, interestingly, as they continued their conversations, one of the things that they found out was they couldn't even talk to each other in each other's languages. So they chose English as the official language. So the official language of the ASEAN nations is English. And as a result, many, many countries are teaching English in their schools uh, very, very much these days. And uh, many missionaries are going there primarily to even uh, teach English because in some of the countries, uh, if you are going as a missionary these days, it is not allowed. In some parts of the world, I won't name all the names, but uh, even the act of baptism that we have witnessed this morning is not allowed. It is illegal. So I wonder sometimes if, uh, I know we do complain in Canada that it is becoming increasingly difficult for us as a church, as believers, to share the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. But I wonder sometimes if such draconian restrictions are placed upon us, how we are going to um, react. Um, just for the fun of that, sometimes I wish that it would happen so that the true church may stand up. I know you're going, <laughs> is that what you want? Thailand is a nation, it's a beautiful country. How many of you have been to Thailand? Anybody? Oh, I see a few hands here. You shouldn't raise your hand. You go. <laughs> it's a beautiful country of 79 million people. And uh, it's a crowded country in the urban centers, especially places like Bangkok and Phuket in the south and uh, some other uh, bigger cities. It is an incredibly clean country. Like you would be so surprised even public washrooms. As you travel, you stop at public washrooms. Uh, you can literally sit on the floor and have a picnic. There's, I kid you not, they are so clean. Uh, because 24-7, they have staff working to maintain them, to keep them clean. And in this land, that is 98% nominal to extreme Buddhism, and a small portion of people, especially in the southern part, are uh, Muslims, and less than 2%, 1.5, in fact, are uh, associating themselves with the Christian church, including the Catholic church. It's a tourist destination for many, many people from around the world, especially from the Western nations, and what they call floating population of 18 million people a year travel to uh, Thailand for tourism. That's more than half of Canada's population going to one country in a year for tourism. And I am sad to say that uh, a good number of them are men that go for all the wrong reasons uh, to Thailand. Uh, 
and I won't say anything more than that. And uh, it is very, very sad indeed when you witness these kinds of things in Thailand. So here, the mission got started and uh, it was uh, 2009 that it got registered. And uh, immediately, uh, the Thai church started to work very hard, very passionately, and uh, reaching to people. And up to 25 churches were formed within five churches, uh, within five years. And uh, it is at that time that uh, I was uh, called to be part of the board chair. And I have been leading that mission for the last number of years. And I am very pleased to uh, report to you today that we have 47 registered churches and four home groups today. And uh, I, as you will see, uh, all the way from the north in Chiang Mai to all the way to the south, uh, to the tip, as you can see there, um, in Phuket, we have 47 churches, and the goal is uh, to, uh, by 2030, to have 100 churches in Thailand. Uh, that was the goal, uh, and uh, there was obviously, as with many parts of the world, has been some setbacks because of COVID. And COVID did impact uh, Thailand significantly, but uh, what I will be sharing in a couple of minutes, uh, you will see that uh, not enough to keep the church down. So what do we do in Thailand? When the mission first started, um, we ended up getting involved in things that we were not particularly good at, and uh, like television ministries, radio ministries, and the kind of vision went all over the place. And... Uh, because those kinds of ideas came from the local Thai leaders. And so it was funded, but somehow by the time I came around and I started to do a bit of a audit of the mission, uh, we found ourselves lacking in a number of things that, uh, and we should not be undertaking. So after a year and a half of uh, carefully studying uh, the dynamics of the mission and the vision, why we are there, what we intend to do. Uh, we came up along with uh, our Thai church leaders, these four priorities. And outside of that, any idea that comes forward, uh, we essentially say, you know what, there are other missions that are very good at doing this. So we will refrain from entering into that. Our primary focus is evangelism and outreach. Uh, church planting, uh, training and uh, leadership development, and uh, Christian compassion ministries. What are those? We will talk about that in a couple of the pictures. God has blessed the mission uh, about five years ago with uh, the center four uh, columns that you see, uh, and it goes up four levels, is the mission center in Bangkok, that uh, we were able to purchase uh, four years ago, uh, five years ago, actually six years ago, but it took a year to uh, build it to our specifications. So on the bottom floor, we have a worship center and uh, where people come from all walks of life. 
It is right in the middle of a retail and industrial center. And so everybody knows that this is a church, that this is a Christian mission. And the second floor, we have offices where we have seven people working in the mission and uh, also a cafeteria and a kitchen. On the third floor, we have several classrooms um, and also uh, some dorms because when the church planting students uh, come to study, they stay there for one week in a month, each month. It's a two-year program. Uh, when they come, it's a one week, and then the remainder of the time, they work with the local church that they are part of. And on the fourth floor, um, plans are in place to complete that, to build more classrooms and more seminar rooms, but at this point, due to um, the lack of, as one of my friends in India says, due to the lack of vitamin M, uh, we are not able to complete. Vitamin M meaning money. <laughs> this is one of our churches in Wijakan in northern Thailand. Uh, it, is, it feels like you're in British Columbia in the mountains when you are here. And uh, we work with the Lahu people, and they had recently, they were outgrowing uh, their church, so they had raised their own funds and extended the front and the facade of the church and built also, right across from that is a large outdoor celebration center with a shed. It's basically a shed with some uh, picnic tables. And uh, this was a church when uh, I first started uh, there were just about 15 to 20 people. Now they have over 100 people, uh, all from the uh, community that have come to know uh, Christ and uh, have been baptized. This is the Lahu people. And uh, about five years ago, they have accepted me as an honorary member of their tribe and gave me a beautiful coat. I was going to wear it today, but I thought that's a bit of a show off. This is uh, one of the churches in Bangkok. We have about 13 churches in and around Bangkok. And this is run by Pastor Daniel and his wife, Jintana. And uh, each time uh, they have pictures and so on, they basically, everybody comes out. Uh, it's a topical country. It's a beautiful all the time. In case, uh, especially, it's very hot outside. But they still come outside and... Uh, this was uh, just recently taken in June. And so when there are baptisms, and so I was excited to see baptism, so I was excited that Pastor Gary asked me to share this morning because it so beautifully connected with what we are about and why Stanley Park Baptist Church chooses to partner with countries where God is doing his work through his Holy Spirit. So... Uh, None of our churches uh, have baptistries like this. So what do they do? They bought or they rent these tubs. That baptism is actually happening on the road. So people have to go around if they have to go that way. They're declaring it to the world that we are baptizing these people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would they allow us here? I don't know. This is during the COVID. These baptisms happened just a few, a few months ago. Uh, 
So because they don't have baptistries, uh, and a number of our churches are in the rural areas, uh, it doesn't matter where they find water. And uh, no health inspector is coming to see that the water is uh, clean or safe or anything. They just go. The whole church goes there, uh, stand ar around uh, with guitars and clapping, and they sing songs as they celebrate the new life in Jesus Christ. This particular pastor, Yuna, Yuna basically means Jonah, he almost died three years ago because of fertilizer poisoning because he works for his living as a farm laborer. And in the north, as they are spreading these fertilizers, chemicals actually, uh, most of them of them do not have any safety equipment. So five years ago, as he was, he was working, there were strong winds, and this chemical uh, was basically hitting the workers, and he ended up uh, inhaling a significant amount of chemical, and his lungs were destroyed. And uh, we actually surrounded him and his family, and uh, we thought that he was done. But he gave his testimony last month when we were there, actually in September, that he made a deal with God that his daughter is only nine years old at the time and that, Lord, I need you to keep me alive until she is 20 years old so that she can finish her schooling and she can stand on her own two feet and would you give me that time? In September, we see him. The guy is strong as an ox. He's completely healed. And I... Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I, met, I saw him twice, uh, just before COVID and the year before that. We did not think he was going to make it. His hearing was almost gone. He could hardly breathe. He was like a stick lost most of his weight. And uh, people were essentially preparing uh, for his funeral. And now he says, no, God is not done with me. I still have work to do. So he went after me for the last two years. There's a piece of land in front of us. We need to build a Christian community center. Uh, some Buddhist group is wanting to buy this I, you, I need you to raise some funds for us. So what do you do when somebody is so pushy? So I took it to my board, and uh, they were so excited about uh, the energy that he was sharing. Uh, they immediately approved the funds, and we were able to purchase the land. And uh, so many years ago, when he talked about this land, I said, Hey, you know, what are you doing? He says, I will raise 50% of the funds. Uh, you need to come up with the other 50%. And sure enough, when I was there, he said, uh, I've raised 50%. Where's your 50%? So we were able to provide with the rest of the funding, and they have that. And now they want to reach all the neighboring villages for Jesus Christ. A very, very bold individual. He is not afraid to share the gospel with total strangers. And uh, 
I tell you, when I see them, I kind of go, how do you do that? So this is during the COVID. Many, many people got sick, very sick. And this one individual, not a believer, the church visited uh, the family several times and shared the gospel. And this individual was close to death. And so he made a commitment and he said, I want to go to be with God. So he took the amazing step of baptism as well. So he's just sitting outside on a chair. He couldn't even, he didn't even have the strength to go into the water. So they baptized him in front of everybody watching on the street. And you know what? The guy didn't die. The Lord saved him. And uh, the beautiful part about this COVID is because it was not so political, not even though many of our pastors tested positive, not a single death happened in any of our pastors' families. Amen? And I was sharing with Pastor Gary that uh, even as the North American Western churches were shut down, when I asked the pastors, how did you manage? He said, we took the church to the people. I said, what do you mean? We literally went door to door to all of our church members and anybody else in the village who are not Christians but are interested in hearing why we are not so afraid. Isn't that what we sang this morning? And they went and shared the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And not only that, uh, they called us and they said, we need, to, we need some money to buy some food. People are starving. Remember, folks, most of the countries didn't have Serb. You work or you die. There was no Serb every month coming into your bank account. So many people were still working, labor jobs, in the farms, and whatever job that they could find. It was so difficult that we lost 12 students in our church planting school out of 25 because they didn't have enough funds to support their families. So they had to do any work that they could find. Uh, he is uh, our church planting director, an amazing Bible teacher. Uh, and... Uh, it's a pond baptism. It's uh, in northern Thailand. More baptisms in the river as kids are playing around. Ocean baptism. Anybody got baptized in an ocean? No? All got baptized in nice warm water here. We have a number of churches close to the oceans. Not just in Phuket in the south, but also around Bangkok, uh, we have some of the churches that are close to the ocean. So when they have baptisms, when people accept Christ, uh, they literally, the entire church go, packs a picnic, goes to the ocean, and makes a day of it. And several people get baptized. And one of the things that Vision Thailand does is uh, support every new believer with uh, 
a Bible in their own language, be it Lahu or Thai or Burmese, because uh, Thailand, if you watch that, uh, you know, map and saw, there's a lot of unrest, civil unrest in the north, north of Thailand. So many, many people flee to Thailand uh, for their lives and also to find employment. And there's many, many factories there. In fact, two of our pastors sell coffee and tea as part of their way of supporting their family on a motorbike uh, cafe, it's called. There's a small motorbike, very small, 200cc, if that. And then they have a sidecar with a big coffee, tea, cold drinks, you name it. So they go from factory to factory during their lunchtime or break time, and they sell these things. Uh, that's how they live, because the amount of support that Vision Thailand gives is not enough. Our budget is only $250,000 for almost 50 churches, a church planting school, an office, and a mission center, and evangelism and outreach works, and compassion ministries. And on behalf of Daniel Kamsain and his team, he wanted me to extend his gratefulness and thank you to Stanley Park Baptist Church for our support. So as I was saying during the COVID, uh, prayer meetings and church happened on Zoom. And uh, one of the ways that we were able to support from Canada was to provide uh, internet to a number of uh, villages where people didn't have internet. And as a result, they were able to join in worship during these difficult times. As I was saying that they had asked Canada to send some funds so they can go and not just talk about prayer and the gospel and the name of Jesus Christ, but also tangibly provide some kind of a support. So we raised some funds in Canada and we sent the funds to Thailand and they too raised their own funds to match what we sent. And they went to the uh, wholesale stores, bought all kinds of rice and noodles and um, mostly dry goods. They literally went into the marketplace. That is not a store, by the way. That is a small kind of a kiosk set up by the Thai church uh, in the marketplace. And as people walked by, they basically gave what you will see in the next picture. Those blue bags are filled with rice and noodles and other dry goods that people could take it along with some literature about how to know Jesus Christ. One of the things in the northern Thailand is that uh, because many of the people are migrants and they are not Thai citizens, Thailand doesn't take as much interest in providing all the basic resources. We know the problems here in Canada too, don't we? So there's no clean drinking water in a number of these places. So many people have to walk half a kilometer, one kilometer to get their daily uh, water. So one of the needs that came to us was, can we dig bore wells. So about five years ago, uh, we raised funds here in Canada 
and uh, we dug six bore wells, drilled six bore wells, and praise be to God, every single one of them produced beautiful, clean, clear drinking water approved by the health inspectors of the region, and we set up filtration systems and motors, if you can see it under there, and uh, just like uh, a regular tap, it's only open two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening, so people all have to come and meet, and it's also an opportunity to talk about the living water that Jesus gives. That's literally the verse that is on uh, the plaque there, that those who drink the living water that Jesus gives will never thirst, and it becomes points of conversation, and as a result of some of the, uh, this particular project in the six villages, many of the people that were against Christianity, against church in those villages, have become friends of the church now because uh, many of them don't have to walk in the heat to get water. So it's right in their communities. Uh, you're wondering what this is. Uh, by the way, that is uh, Darren DeGraff, the president of Partners International Canada that we are part of. We have merged with them uh, three, four years ago. And in this area where the first church group that I showed in the mountains that I said looks like British Columbia, a ton of bamboo grows wild. And bamboo is used for many different things in Asia. And so they go and harvest this bamboo free of charge, and they use them to make uh, partitions, they make mats, they make baskets, they weave all kinds of things that people use on a, on a daily basis. They even weave baby-carrying baskets that uh, women have over their shoulders and on their head. So they were wondering how they can uh, raise funds as part of our Christian Compassion Ministries. So uh, they found a machine that literally strips the bamboos into these thin slices. So we purchased about eight of them for eight families in the community. So these eight families make their living stripping these bamboos and selling those stripped bamboos in the marketplace for their livelihood. It's a simple thing. It cost us about $700 each machine, but now eight families, and some of them are big families, are being supported because of that in that church and in that community. Thailand is very open at this time in most parts of Thailand uh, for the gospel to be shared. Uh, one of the ministries that uh, we have is Vision Thailand Ministries has in the prison. And the prisons are very open. In fact, four years ago when I was just before uh, COVID, I was asked to preach in one of these prisons, uh, medium security prisons. And uh, six people came to the front to accept Christ that morning. I was kind of scared, to be honest. I preached in uh, North Carolina prison uh, for whatever reason. God, gave, It was one of my first years of uh, getting into ministry. God gave me this, uh, you know, silly energy. And uh, when I asked uh, the coordinator, what should I speak? 
preach the gospel, he said. So I preached the gospel, and uh, nobody bothered me. And so here I said the same thing, a little bit older, a little bit wiser, hopefully more mature. As we were driving to the prison, I asked, so what's the program? They said, oh, we're going to sing a couple of songs, and then you're preaching. I said, when were you going to tell me that? Well, you're a pastor. I don't, we don't have to tell you that. You are here from Canada. You should know when you come. When we go to some place, you're going to be preaching. And you should come prepared. After all these years, you know that. Same thing happened to me in India, too, uh, last month. So I always go prepared, but the Lord uh, gives the words. So uh, we have both in men and women's prisons free access that Christian ministries, churches can go and share the gospel openly. Not only that, when these people make the decision to follow Christ, guess what? That blue tub goes into the prison. And they literally set up a baptism service inside the prison. And the warden says, keep on doing this and keep on dunking these people because whatever it is, we see a change in their lives. Some of these people that were hardcore criminals no longer we have to worry about. What an amazing testimony that we have. So we continue to support prison ministries both in men and women's prisons. When they come outside, I know that's always the question that I get asked. We follow through them. In fact, last month when we were visiting one of the churches, two of the people that were released on parole were, in fact, in the church, worshiping with the other believers. This is part of our leadership team that worked extremely hard during COVID to make sure that all of our churches had access to uh, hear the gospel and be part of the worship services. As I said, we have a two-year church planting school, one week that they spend in class. We have two centers, one in Chiang Mai at the Mayai Church and one in the Mission Center in Bangkok. So three weeks they work for their living. One week they are in church planting school, morning till evening. They stay there. We have a kitchen and they cook there. We have a couple of staff that come and cook there and they learn about the Bible. Most of them do not have high education. So how many of you can sit on those stools all day from morning 9 o'clock to evening 5 o'clock? Of course, there's some breaks, but people are eager. They're passionate to learn what is, uh, God's word is uh, uh, teaching them. And so after two years, during these two years, the mission provides them with a stipend. They don't have to... Uh, they don't have to become pastors after that. They can serve in the church, but a good number of them do want to go into their next village and start a church. One of the uh, things that we are focusing on is youth. In each of the areas, we want to make sure that youth become engaged in the life of the church. And uh, in September, they had a youth camp, actually October. I am wrong on that one. In Northern Thailand, 
This church was uh, flooded out two months ago. And so they were wondering whether we can do it or not. And I talked to the pastor and said, no, we have to do it. Many, many young people are excited about this, and we have to do it. And then he takes me to one of his uh, microfinancing projects where he raises pigs, and, and he shows me a nice, big, healthy pig. And then he looks at me and says, this is going to be their lunch. I said, this one? I said, yeah, don't say it too loud. He might get offended. <laughs> he, is, he is quite a character. So uh, they had uh, over 100 uh, young people that uh, came to this and uh, had a wonderful time from what I hear. So because it is a tropical nation, they can set up everything outside. Uh, you can see soup and whatever else is being served outside. And uh, from what I hear... Uh, there were quite a few young people made first-time commitments. No baptisms yet, but first-time commitments to say, we will follow the way of Jesus. So what does this all mean? We had 135 new believers during COVID. I couldn't put all the pictures because Pastor Gary would say, I'll never giving you time again next time. 135 new first-time people that came to know Christ and were baptized. 400 needy families. Families, when I say families, often there's extended families living uh, with each other were helped with food aid uh, during COVID along with uh, some of the help that uh, Canada sent. Um, churches never completely shut down Com- all through COVID. Uh, Instead of people coming to the church, outdoor services were set up under the trees, under the sheds, and people continued to worship the Lord. Pastors and church leaders took the church, as I said, to the community, prayed over the uh, people, and where people wanted to know more, I have some pictures, it's just so beautiful. They literally sit outside on the dirt floor on a piece of mat, and they're sharing Bible study with the people sitting inside the door. The door is open. The pastor and his couple of elders are sitting outside having fellowship with them. I thought, what a beautiful sight. That's why when I read how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the good news of the gospel to those who are perishing. So... On behalf of Daniel Kamsain and his leadership team is entirely made of Thai uh, leaders and pastors. I just want to extend uh, a huge thank you for your prayers, for your support. And uh, there's a bit of a a display out there on the mission board. And uh, you will see as we are now part of a larger mission now, Partners International Canada, Uh, follows exactly the same philosophy of ministry as Vision Thailand, uh, that we are not a sending agency. I think God has used that for a long, long time, but in many parts of the world, that is no longer possible. So we instead train the national church and national church leaders, and uh, we are working with many different uh, disadvantaged groups to bring the gospel to them. 
one of the groups that we are working in uh, West Bengal, India, is trafficked women, young girls. And uh, a good number of them are coming out of that. And we have two homes that they come and live there, go to school, and where they learn about Jesus and a new way of life. Literally, a transformation of life because of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank you very much for your support. I know some of you pray regularly. Some of you know more about uh, this mission than others, which is understandable. And I would welcome any of you having any questions to know more about it. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brother, uh, for that important update. Um, I think this is, this is really the message here today. Um, we've, we've seen it in NVIDIA's presentation. We've seen it through the baptism today. Um, what, what God is doing in people's lives, the change that he is bringing through Jesus Christ. Uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Uh, that wasn't two sermons. You're right. That was, uh, but it was wonderful. Thank you. Um, what, what we're going to do today is a little different. I think we're just, uh, again, uh, I'm not going to preach a sermonette. I think it was John Stott said, uh, sermonettes produce Christianettes. <laughs> so what we are going to do today is, is I want to pray. I want to pray for Vision Thailand Canada, uh, for the pastors that, that we've seen today, uh, for the ministry that is taking place there. And what a privilege to be a part of that, to be able to partner with Vision Thailand Canada and uh, to, to, to be able to contribute not just our finances, but, but our prayer to this work. So can we do that together now? Uh, let's just join our hearts together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you for what you are doing in Thailand and, and those surrounding countries. Thank you so much, Father, for the gift of eternal life that, that so many uh, in, in that country have, have come to understand and realize and embrace. Even just this past year through COVID, we thank you for what you have done. Father God, for, for working in spite of it, and, and Lord, that believers there actually rejoice because of it. Father, thank you for their example. Thank you for, for the many baptisms that have taken place in Jesus' name. Father God, we, we thank you for, for how you are moving and working and building your church. And Father, we are a part of that here. It's a very different context, but Father God, the call is the same. Lord, you call us to be committed. You call us to, to devote ourselves to, to following Jesus. Father, thank you for Emily and how she has proclaimed her devotion to you today. Father, thank you for the pictures of, of those people who've been baptized and have committed their lives to following you. Father God, and thank you. Thank you for how you are using your people by the power of your Holy Spirit to shine your light into the darkness of this world. Father, this world needs you. This world needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. This world needs to be told that salvation is found in no other name than Jesus Christ. 
that we must repent of our sins and surrender in faith to your perfect son, Jesus, for forgiveness, and we will be saved. We will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. God, at work here in our midst, at work in Thailand, at work throughout this world, Father, we praise you for what you are going to do today, what you have done today, what you're going to do tomorrow, and for the living hope that we have in our living Savior Jesus. Father God, there's nothing that compares to that. And and those Thai believers, they proclaim that. They're living that. It doesn't matter what is happening in this world as long as we have you, Father. There is nothing to fear. Father God, I just pray today that that we would embrace that, that for some of us here, we'd recommit our lives to you, to following you, just as we've witnessed here today in the lives of of these believers and, and our dear sister Emily. Father God, may we live our lives in obedience to your call and your command. And Father, do it all in the power of your Holy Spirit, walking according to your word. And Father, may you receive the glory in all of it, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I invite you to stand with us as we sing this closing song together.
me just invite you all to join us for a time of fellowship in the gymnasium following the service. Please take some time to congratulate Emily. Uh, amazing. Emily, we're so proud of you and praise God for you and the step you've taken today. She's really feeling uncomfortable because I'm <laughs> focusing on her here. But uh, no, praise the Lord for what he's done. And thank you, uh, brother, for, uh, for your sharing today uh, about uh, Vision Thailand Canada. Uh, please continue to pray for Vision Thailand Canada. Uh, now receive the Lord's blessing. And this is taken from Hebrews 13. Uh, and then after this, you can go and uh, we'll, we'll meet you in the gymnasium. But now receive the Lord's blessing. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you.